Become a Leslie's Pro member, and with almost a 1,000 locations conveniently located less than 3 miles from your service route, you can quickly get in and out and take care of your customers. Get Skimmer, America's number one pool service software platform. Listeners of the podcast can try Skimmer for free. Visit my website, swimmingpoollearning.com, and click on the Leslie's Pro and the Skimmer banners to learn more. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of The Pool Guys Show. Today I'm going to be talking about business and professional etiquette. I'm going to go over some things you should do when you meet a customer, do a bid, or service an account, and some things you should avoid doing. This week's podcast is brought to you by InuPools.com. InuPools has been helping pool owners find the right pool parts since 2001. With over 50,000 pool parts in stock, order online today and have the parts delivered right to your door. Podcast is also brought to you by Riptide Pool Vacuum System. Riptide is a powerful vacuum system that allows you to get large debris off the bottom of the pool rapidly. So if you service pools professionally or if you're a homeowner and you live in an area where there's a lot of debris that will get on the bottom of the pool, I highly recommend getting the Riptide Pool Vacuum System. I could probably spend over an hour on this topic, but I'm going to go over some key points. I may do a follow-up podcast if necessary. But I'm going to talk today about professional business etiquette. And this will cover basically how you present yourself to a client and how you will, you know, land accounts when you bid them, things to avoid so that you don't lose the bid. When you show up to get a service bid, you want to land it because chances are, you know, if you don't land this one, um, you have to spend some more time looking for another one and they're going to get someone to do the work. So it might as well be you that gets the bid. So there are some professional things that you need to do to make sure that you get the bid when you show up. And this goes for all industries besides pool service, gardening, plumbing, electrical. You want to present yourself in a way that you're going to land the job. So the first thing is your truck. You don't have to have a new vehicle. Just keep it clean. And if you have it wrapped, that could be an advantage. Uh, sometimes if you overdo it with the wrap, you know, spend $2,000 on it and make it a little bit too professional, too fancy, and you can get a little carried away. I've seen it on some trucks. Then the customer may get the impression that you're really an expensive provider of service, and they may look for someone who's not quite as fancy and has such a nice vehicle. Because, um, you know, it's optics is how they perceive you when you pull up to their driveway. So you want to get your truck wrapped, but you don't want to overdo it. And you don't want to overdo it with your truck either. It's basically, you don't want to present yourself as a very expensive service provider in the area. You want to make sure your truck, again, is clean, it's neat, and you never know when the customer is going to walk out with you to your truck. So you want to make sure that it looks well and maintained. And if you don't have uniforms, um, you could definitely order a shirt that has your logo on it. Wear that when you service pools. I personally prefer, prefer wearing docker, sla docker slacks whenever I'm out on the job site. I wear button-up shirts. Um, it's just how I was trained. The person that trained me always wore slacks and a button-up shirt. And so I've kind of followed um, his lead on that. And you want to present yourself as a professional. So when you greet the person, you want to say, how are you doing today, sir? If you don't use sir in your everyday talking, you know, definitely use it when you're talking to a customer when you first meet him. Call him sir. If it's a lady, if you're from the south, you're used to doing this, sir and ma'am. So it comes natural to you. 
here in California, we're not quite as polite and our etiquette is pretty poor. So we don't say sir quite as much as we should. But when you're doing the bid, you definitely want to say that. If you, found, if you find out that the customer that you're bidding for is a doctor, of course, refer to him as doctor. How are you doing today, doctor? That's only a professional courtesy, and you should definitely extend it if the customer is a, a doctor. And I remember one client, I, I would call him doctor all the time because that's when, it, when, you got his, when I got his check, it said his doctor on there. And um, his wife told me one day, you don't have to call my husband doctor. He's not a medical doctor. He has a doctorate in mathematics. Uh, but I told her, no, he's he's a doctor in, in my view, even though it's mathematics. In fact, that's probably even more advanced than a doctor in medicine. Um, but I call him doctor still. And it's important to address the person professionally. And it goes a long way. Now, here's where it gets kind of, you really need to get deep into etiquette to understand this next part here. Let's say the person that you show up for the bid for is a lady. So you want to not extend your hand for a handshake. You want her to initiate. So she may not want to shake your hand and that's perfectly okay, but you don't want to be the person to initiate the handshake. Just approach her and uh, introduce yourself. And if she puts her hand out, if she puts her hand out for a shake, go ahead and shake it. If not, don't shake your hand. Don't put your hand out first. Um, that's part of the etiquette in business is that you don't want physical contact with the person of the opposite sex unless they initiate first and it goes even to the handshake. So keep that in mind when you're doing that. Now, if you're doing a bid and there's kids out there by the pool, one of the things that I think people forget is that they want to make a good impression that they're a people person. So they may engage the kids in talking, hey, so what grade are you in? Or what do you like to do for fun? What sport, what sport do you do? That's a big no-no. You don't want to engage the kids at all. Um, you know, the parents, I'm a parent, and we tell our kids not to talk to strangers. So you show up at the pool to do a bid, you are a stranger. So don't be engaging the kids in conversation. Just, you know, say hi to them, ignore them the rest of the time you're there. And you don't want to engage the kids. I don't like when I take my son with me somewhere and we're in a professional business and the person behind the counter is engaging my son. Um, you're a stranger to my kid. And to me, it's not professional to approach a child and, and start a conversation with them when they don't even know who you are. So that's definitely a no-no. Don't converse with the kids that they bid. Just ignore them and focus on the adult that's present. And the adult will appreciate that because they teach their kids not to talk to strangers. Later on, when you're doing the when you're doing the service account for six months or a year, you get to know the family. Then you can say hi to the kid or something. But definitely, that's one thing that could make you lose the bid if you're being too gregarious and engaging the kid. This is one of my big pet peeves, and you may not agree with me, but I really am against cursing in business. I don't really care what your background is, but I think anyone who curses and does professional business, I just don't deal with them. I have a general contractor that I use for all my work. Right now he's working on one of my properties. I have a painter, I have a plumber, I have all these professionals, and none of them curse when they talk to me. Um, they don't use profanity. They don't really use slang. I think, personally, profanity shows that you're ignorant because you can't express yourself without using a profanity or a curse word. And I find it to be really offensive in business. When I go out to a restaurant, I always hear people behind me sometimes in line talking to each other. And they're cursing. They're, you know, saying words that aren't appropriate out in public, which I don't agree with either. 
but it's not because I'm a Christian or I'm the church lady from Saturday Night Live, if, if I'm dating myself there with Dana Carvey, but it's just that it's just not professional, the curse. I was at one of my service accounts, and this is a $5 million home. It's, it's a really wealthy area, and the customer was having some problems with an appliance, and the uh, person that, that was servicing it, he had a really nice truck in front, wearing a uniform, looked like a really professional business. So I'm back there doing the pool, and I can kind of see them on the patio area, and there's a little frid refrigerator that she's having problems with, and so the guy has his back to her, and he's looking in there to see what the problem is, and he says, well, one of the things you have to take care of is all this black bleep that's all over this refrigerator, and I kind of cringe. I was, I'm far enough away that they can't see that I'm overhearing the conversation, but I thought that was highly inappropriate. You're at a property where the owner is someone who has a property worth $5 million and you're talking to her and you're cursing. So to me, that's a big no-no. I think, you know, you may you can curse all you want in your personal life. If you want to curse at home, curse while you're out with your friends, curse while you're watching the Dodgers, you know, win the World Series and beat your team down. Uh, it could happen, but you're welcome to do that as much as you want. But as far as in a professional environment, I think it's really unprofessional to use profanity in any way and to use slang in any way. You want to be calling um, someone dude or man when you're back there. You just want to stick to sir and stay polite and focus on that and just avoid the cursing. You know, kind of develop this skill where you don't curse and eventually you just won't curse anymore. I think it's just very unprofessional and I, I just, to me, it's a big pet peeve and uh, I cringe when I see other professionals cursing out there. And when I go to my supply place, I know the guys are pretty loose with their words and they're cursing left and right, but that's how they want to run their business. I just think it's highly unprofessional. To give you another example of this, I was at a, a real estate seminar, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and the person who was leading the seminar um, supposedly is a multimillionaire, real estate investor, and he's Right away, he starts cursing. There's a 14-year-old kid in the audience or 13-year-old kid in the audience. To me, I, I felt that if you're giving a professional seminar and you're recruiting people to pay you $700 for the package, that cursing probably should not be part of your uh, repertoire up there. And I, I thought I didn't, you know, I, I have pretty thick skin, but I think if you're doing a professional seminar, you know, just use words that are appropriate because you want to project yourself as a professional. So I found that to be kind of uh, kind of an odd thing that he is portraying himself as this multimillionaire um, real estate investor, but yet he's cursing and using um, offhanded remarks and sexual innuendo up there. Um, yeah, it just, just was kind of weird. So in the group that I run, there's a group chat in my coaching group. I'll give you some more information at, of that a little bit later in this uh, podcast. So I'm really strict in the group about cursing. I put a stop to it whenever someone posts something with a curse word or any kind of innuendo. I don't want that to go on because I want to keep everything professional. And I want to um, project the professionalism onto other people so that they can also conduct themselves this way on a, on a daily basis. I know I'm spending a lot of time on this, but this is one thing that I think will set you apart in the business when you show up and you're not having a foul mouth and cursing. So now you're in the backyard standing by the pool and you want to do the bid. So you want to try to avoid a lot of negative talk. You'd want to tell the customer, wow, your filter's really undersized and um, well, your pool's looking really old. 
try to stay positive. Tell them that, oh, your, your filter is holding up pretty well. It's pretty old. One of these days you're going to have to upgrade it or, oh, the pool looks like it needs a little bit of work, but it seems like it, you know, it's doing pretty well uh, because people have a lot of pride in their, their pool. Even if it looks really bad, they still, uh, maybe there's a lot of history behind the pool. Maybe they lived in the house for 30 years and the husband is the one who designed it. Who knows? But try not to be negative. And this also goes into when you take over the account, um, you don't want to talk bad about the customer, especially on the property itself. Um, you know, if you're there with somebody or if you're talking to another service provider on the property, you definitely don't want to say anything negative about the customer. And I've seen this happen a lot, and I think it's really unprofessional too. I was at an account and they were doing solar on the roof, and I was just back there talking to the, the guy putting the solar panel up, and I, I made a comment saying, oh, the doctor's a really nice guy. You know, he's he's really great and um, he's super friendly to work with. And the guy on the roof is like, yeah, he's great. I just, I love working for them. They're a great family. And I'm like, yeah, I've been working for the doctor for over 10 years now and, and they're really good people. And sure enough, you know, there's like a little garden area behind there by the pool and the doctor pops out holding some tomatoes. This is a true story. And he walks past me and he's smiling. And what if I was saying, yeah, this doctor is really cheap. You know, he never wants to get anything repaired or get anything done. And I worked for him for 10 years, but it's been a real struggle. And how would that have gone over with him overhearing that conversation? So you don't know who's going to overhear you. You don't want to do any kind of negative things, especially on the property. And I know people do this. I've, I've heard of other guys doing it, and I've seen it happen where they're talking amongst themselves, and the customer walks out there. The customer's back there hearing what they're saying. That's very awkward and very professional. So always think positive when you're doing the bid on the property and when you're actually on the job site or even talking about the person or texting of anything. You want to make sure that it's all positive because you never know who may be overhearing you or if they will get their hands on something that you said or, or text. And so back to the bidding, you're standing by the pool looking at the pool. So you kind of have, a, if you've been doing this for a while or if you just started, you kind of have an idea what you're looking for. You look up at the trees, you, you kind of know which trees are seasonal. Oak trees are pretty bad, eucalyptus trees are pretty bad, um, crepe, crepe myrtles, um, jasmine bushes are really bad. I can't remember the name of it, but they have these pink flowers that blow everywhere. Basically anything that looks like it's palm trees or another one that's really bad because when they um, seed twice a year, they all fall in the pool. So anything that looks like it's a messy tree, from experience, you kind of know what you're looking for. You may go in the off season and the pool looks great, but keep an eye on the trees. Maple trees are really bad. Um, so definitely um, think future, think winter time, think, you know, autumn, fall, what's going to happen to the pool in those situations. So look at that. Make sure that you are observing the type of foliage around the pool. If you're in the desert area, you know, you get windstorms, check their area the planters, make sure that, you know, it's all gravel, that, that'd be great. So those are also other factors. And then you want to check the equipment, make sure the equipment's newer. Again, um, if it's really old equipment, you could take the account, but tell the customer that he may need to upgrade in the future. It looks like um, for, for, for the make the pool run better and for a better water quality and for easier maintenance, you may want to upgrade the filter sometime in the next couple of years or next year. And I can give you a bid on that so you have an idea what that would be, you know, coming up in the future when you decide to do it. Don't overdo it. Don't 
try to sell them a new pump, new filter, everything on the spot. They're going to think that you're just after the money at that point. But you can mention certain things if you notice anything that's glaring. Um, but yeah, don't try to sell them a whole new equipment pad while you're doing the bid. That's definitely a no-no. So do you want to see the pool size? You know, if it's if it has a diving board, you know it's nine and a half feet deep. If it had a diving board, you can see the bolts that they took out. You know, it's nine and a half feet deep at least. Um, you know, if it's a very large pool without a cleaner, consider that as time because you have to vacuum the pool. If it's a small pool with a cleaner, also consider that as a factor. It's going to be a pretty easy pool. And consider the usage also. You know, if they have kids, you know they're going to use the pool a lot. If they're an older couple, they may not use the pool a lot, but they may have grandkids come over. So all those are the initial things you have to think about while you're standing there doing the bid. And so the last thing you want to do is leave the property without actually giving them a dollar amount. That is probably not a good thing because then they're going to call someone else behind you who's going to give them a bid on the spot. So you want to give them a bid for it. You want to kind of go off of what you have on your route already. You have on your website, hopefully you have a website. I recommend that highly. And on the website, you're going to have your price ranges for your different kinds of services, full service, chemical only. Uh, some people do chemicals and baskets. Uh, some do chemicals and uh, skimming. So you can do any combination of that or full service only whichever you prefer, and you want to give them a pretty good bid that's going to make you money, and that's going to be market value. I mentioned in another podcast you don't want to be discounting the service rate for the first month. Um, if you're going to offer any kind of incentive, do a free filter cleaning, but don't discount your rate because that adds up over time, losing money. So find the rate that you normally would charge for a pool, let's say it's 15,000 gallons with an automatic cleaner. Give the customer the bid. I highly recommend charging for filter cleaning separately unless it's Florida and you have a single bullet filter, then you can probably include that in there. Just boost it up so you kind of cover the cleaning amount, the cleaning time you're going to spend cleaning it. Here in California, we use tablets in the pools that are chlorine. I always charge customers separate for the tablets. The only thing I include in the service rate is the labor, the maintenance dose of chlorine, and the acid Everything else is going to be an extra charge, so make sure you let them know that. And so just give them a bid. And it's hard not it's hard to move the bid up once you make the bid. So if you look like the pool is going to be a problem, just go ahead and bid a little bit higher than you normally would. And that way you have a cushion there. And hey, you can even be generous later and say, hey, you know what? I, I bid your pool. I've been doing it for six months, and I'm going to reduce it by $5 a month or whatever. You can even do that. That's That would be really cool. But... I uh, probably would have never do that. Um, I probably wouldn't do that either. But you want to make sure you have the bid that's going to make you a, a, a rate. And so how to calculate what the bid is, take the the whole month that you're bidding. Let's say you bid $100. Uh, so that would be, you would divide that by 4.3, which is kind of how you stack the weeks. But just divide it by 4 to make it easy. And so that means that every time you go to that pool, you're going to make $25. So in some areas that may be good, you know, that may be a good service rate, $25 per stop. Some areas it may not. If you're in Texas and the pool is 35,000 gallons, that's definitely not going to cut it. You want to be more at $45 uh, per stop. So that's kind of how you get the service rate. You take the monthly bid that you're going to do, you divide it by four, and that gives you how much it is per stop or each time you go to the pool. So in California, $25. 
uh, in my area is not bad. That's, that's not a bad rate to get, plus filter cleaning, plus the other chemical charges you're going to throw in there. Uh, commercial accounts are a whole different thing. I can go over that with you one-on-one -on -one if you need some help with the commercial account bidding. But So basically, you want to get your bid based on your per stop rate. So if you bid too low, if you bid $80, that means that you're getting $20 per stop, and it may be too low in that case. So the way to do the bidding correctly is just to divide it by four, and you're going to have your per stop. And again, technically, you're supposed to divide it by 4.3 because of certain months have five stops in it. But to get a general idea, just divide it by four, and that gives you an idea of how much your average service stop would be at that particular pool. Let me touch on a few qualities that you should be projecting in your business. One is honesty. You definitely want to be honest with the customer. I was at a stop once. I'm not sure if I mentioned this in another podcast, but I had cleaned the filter. It was a, a Pentair 4000 series with the backwash valve on the bottom. And I cleaned it, turned on, put everything back together, turned it on. But I forgot to pull the backwash handle back into filter mode. And then I charged the pool with DE. And then when I realized my mistake... I went back to the equipment, turned it off, I moved the handle back into filter mode, and sure enough, you know, all that DE shot out into the pool, you know, five pounds of DE into the pool, and it made the pool extremely cloudy. And it was really, uh, I was just standing there with my hand on my head, like, you know, I can't believe I did that. And uh, sure enough, the customer was out there also doing gardening work or whatever they were doing, and she came up to me, she's like, what happened to the pool? So at that moment, I could have lied and said, oh, you know, the filter has a hole in it. Um, when I charged it up, I didn't notice it, so I'll have to take it apart and fix the hole. But I just told her, I said, you know what, I made a mistake. Um, I charged the filter up with DE with it in backwash without moving the backwash valve to the right position. Um, and so all the DE went into the pool when I turned it back to the right way. But I'll vacuum it out for you. I'll come here tomorrow when it all settles down and I'll vacuum it out for you. She was okay with that. She said, oh, yeah, mistakes happen. It's not a big deal. We're not using the pool this week anyway. So at that moment, I had a chance to lie to her, um, to save face, but I just was honest, and that's how I operate, and I think that's the best thing to do. If you make a mistake, just admit it, and the customer will appreciate that. You want to be dependable, so you want to kind of have a, have a set schedule. I service all my pools on the same day, right around the same time every week. Yeah, unless I'm doing some kind of repair or filming a video, then I'm a little behind schedule. But yeah, it's usually the same day and the same time frame within that hour every day of that week. And you want to be competent. You know, this is the thing that my coaching group would really come in handy. You know, it's the lowest uh, rate that I charge is $10 a month for texting. You get the group chat. And $10 a month is nothing really for what you get. Um, and you get the discount on the insurance. You get the discount on the Riptide. And this will make you more competent. You'll have the group chat where you can post a question in there. Other pool guys from around the nation can answer it for you. And you can text me one-on-one, -on -one and I can definitely answer you on the spot and help you out there. Because you want to project an a, a image of competence when you're out there servicing their pool. And if you don't know something, um, you can definitely contact me on my coaching site uh, just by directly texting me. So definitely think about doing that. And that would really help you go a long way in your business if you have the honesty, you're dependable and trustworthy, and you're also competent in what you do, and you know what you're doing while you're out there at their pool. And I just set up a dedicated website for the coaching group. It's called uh, poolguycoaching.com, and you can go there and check out the benefits of joining my coaching site. Again, that's called 
poolguycoaching.com. And there's a lot of resources there, and it gives you all the details of what you get when you join the coaching program. And if you're a homeowner and need more resources, definitely go to my website, swimmingpoollearning.com. I have a print book available and an ebook available to help you take care of your pool. But again, if you are in the pool service industry and you want to get your business to the next level, definitely think about joining my coaching program. It starts at $10 a month, and the next level is $20 a month. As the next level, you can call me in real time. You can also video chat with me. So I keep the rates really low because I really want you to utilize this program. I could be charging a lot more money for this particular program that I offer. So I, I urge you to take advantage of it. So again, be professional out there. You know, Present yourself in a professional way. Talk to the customer in a professional way. And please, no cursing while you're out there doing a bid or when you're working um, because that's just really unprofessional. So I hope you found this podcast helpful. Have a great rest of your week, and God bless. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Yeah! Real quick, if you're not using pool service software, try Skimmer free for 30 days at getskimmer backslash pool guy. Again, that's getskimmer backslash pool guy skimmer everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app